Hello everybody, welcome to another episode, episode 72, the 2023 MPLW season preview. Special episode today as we have special guests Jeremy McGahn and Stefan uh, Mubis today. Let's start with our special guest, Stefan. It's been a while since we've had you on the show. Very, very happy to have you back. How have you been and um, how's your summer been, mate? Oh, it's, it's been great, thank you. Uh, really good to see you guys again and to meet Michael. So, uh, yeah, pleasure to be back on the show. Uh been loving your previews, uh, Matt, that you've been doing, and uh, it's a fabulous service for the for the local football community. And uh, summer's been good. Um, been going out to lots of Cambria United games and uh, a few trials, uh, the MPLW trials. So, uh, yeah, been been fun. But I'm uh, getting ready to get back into it. Yeah, and before we uh, start, would you like to plug uh, Beyond Ninety and what you guys are all about there? Yes, I've been with Beyond 90 for about four years now. Um, we we grew out of the, the women's game. Um, we we were sort of um, a number of people out of the women's game, old, old uh, platform. Uh, when they started branching out into other sports, we decided to stay with football, and I, I joined at that at that point. Uh, we have our own podcast that um, called Beyond the Pod. Well, if you look for Beyond 90 on all the platforms, you'll, you'll see it. Um, I'm about to rejoin that to talk about NPL, Football in Canberra and the and the Aussies who go played in the in the Nordic football scene. So um, we've done about 150 episodes, and I think we're we're down as the earliest uh, Australian women's football podcast um, that's, that's continuously running. So I encourage you all to check it out and to also to check out the website beyond90.com.au. Hundred percent, definitely check that out. And Jeremy, welcome back, fresh off a. Uh trip back to the motherland and homeland in France. How was that, Jeremy, and how have you been in general? Yeah, indeed. Uh, winter chasing, going to uh, to the northern hemisphere for, for December, January. It was, uh, it was a good trip back home, uh, and it was a, a nice break from football. I mean, as much as I could, I was commentating on futsal on, on the weekends, mm-hmm. and, and obviously the World Cup was uh, was just after the end of the season last year. So we, we kept busy with football, but I'm, I'm glad that that NPL season is, is coming back. It's going to be a lot of fun. It certainly will be. And anything you'd like to plug before we start, Jeremy? Uh, you, you know, I'm still doing my little French football podcast for uh, for Breaking the Lines. And, and I'm trying to do a little bit with uh, with another Australian um, uh, media, uh, front page football. So I was lucky enough to uh, to cover the World Cup for them and, and got called in for um, a couple of radio interview at ABC Canberra j- during the World Cup where I was talking a bit about Australia and France, thanks to uh, thanks to front page football. So I'll see. I might. I'm actually trying to uh, to talk with the editor of front page football to try and and talk a bit more about Canberra NPL. So we might we might sneak in some uh, some podcast, and you guys will be some of the first uh, guests that I have for sure. If we if we do put it over the line, well, watch this space in that regard. Um, Michael, how's it going? Yeah, good. Uh, good. Obviously, it was uh, great for us to knock off our first uh, preview. Uh, episode uh, covering the MPL and now it's time to dive into MPLW obviously a lot sort of going on that I'm sure uh, Jeremy and Stefan uh, will join us in getting into uh, this episode so looking forward to that and it's going to be another great uh, season ahead first club uh, that we've got on the uh, on the preview uh, today is ANUFC so an exciting prospect uh, in MPLW as uh, ANU gained promotion from State League 1 uh, competition last season so in that competition uh, they uh, obviously finished uh, first in state league women's one uh, therefore promoted to MPLW and their points and win loss record was 15 wins two draws and 
zero defeats. So they went the whole season undefeated, which is pretty impressive for 47 points. And they're coached by Rob Lillingworth. Like I mentioned, an exciting prospect when you consider the MPLW having a team uh, coming in from a lower division into the league. I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air uh, in, in the competition uh, as it always is when a new team sort of a, arrives uh, in a league. So uh, I think that'll sort of uh, boost excitement within the the competition uh, itself, which I think is very important for MPLW uh, for the 2023 season. And, you know, the, the fact that this side went unbeaten all of last season sort of goes to show that they're ready to make this next step. Of course, it's going to be a huge step going from state league football to MPL based football, but I'm sure that those girls and the squad uh, are going to be more than ready for the challenge. And they've obviously shown exactly why they deserve to be in the position that they're in. So Jeremy, I'll, I'll go to you first. What, what are your thoughts sort of about ANU heading into this campaign? It's obviously something that we haven't been accustomed to uh, before in this circumstance, but you have a club coming in from State League One into MPLW that are undefeated last season. What are you expecting from ANU? And are there any sort of additions or uh, anything like that, any news uh, to do with ANU that uh, we can sort of bring to light here? Yeah, well, I think first it, it was probably one of the most exciting news that, that I've heard this offseason, seeing a new team coming into the, the women's NPL. I mean, it's not a it's not a straightforward promotion relegation, but from what I understand, Capital Football basically extended the invitation to the best team in, in State League to see if they can come up and play in NPL, then they're giving the chance to come in the NPL. So it's great to to see that they could do it. Um, and, and, you know, that interview, Matt, that you've done, with uh, with Rob Ellingworth, I think was amazing, and Stefan was saying it, um, you know, offline. It's great all, all those previews that we had because we got to to hear from the coaches what they thought about the year, and I think um, probably the key thing that we've heard from Rob, um, which should be known but is very interesting, is he's got the biggest pool of football players uh, any team has in in the capital because he's a university based club, so maybe. He can't work like other programs on, on longevity and, and get players for more than one, two, three years, depending on, on how they are in their studies. Uh, but he's got so many players at his disposal. And last year in State League, uh, you know, you mentioned that their first team went undefeated. Michael, their second team only lost two teams to the first team. Uh, so so they slotted the first two teams in uh, at the top of the table. And then they both met in the finals, showing that they were really dominant last year and the past few seasons in state league. So seeing them in, in NPL is, uh, is, is only deserved. Uh, we were lucky enough to, to see a few uh, of those players in the capital futsal league uh, over, over the summer. Uh, and, and they were, besides the fact that they were very talented, they were also lovely and always um, come to, to, to thank us and the commentary uh, about what was going on on the side of the pitch. So uh, they really look like a, a group of girls who like to play together. And so it'll be great to see them, playing out this season and they're going to bring something else. I think the fact that they've had, they have two full senior teams, you know, be one playing in state league, uh, will mean it's going to be a, a pretty competitive squad uh, and seeing what they can do in NPL, I think is, uh, is to me very interesting. W one main hint that I, that I saw um, that, that they're bringing in ANU is um, Sofia Chavera, which was, um, you know, one of the most, most, 
improved player, I'd say, uh, last year under uh, under Emma Stanbury, a year and a half ago, I should say, uh, with West Camera Wanderers, and, and she was creating a lot of damage uh, for every defense. So the fact that we didn't have her last, last year, I, I kind of missed her because she was one of those old-fashioned strikers that I thought was really making the NPL a bit different. And so seeing her back with ANU is a, is a big win. Uh, I know last year another player from NPL was coming down from Queensland, Maggie Gallegos, and play for uh, the ANU uh, Women's FC. But she was playing for the second team in state league. I don't know if she's going to be with the NPL, but it shows that they have the talent. Uh, and, and I think the first game playing against Canberra United Academy and then the cup against Gongalin. We'll see very quickly um, what kind of damage the ANU can do. Robillingworth didn't shy in the fact that uh, they are not aiming to to be bottom or, or last before uh, on the table. They want to go and, and, and make a splash straight away in the NPL. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing them and commentating on them. Absolutely. And Steph, do you have any sort of additional thoughts uh, to add on what uh, Jeremy has said there before uh, Matt moves on uh, with our next preview? Uh, just one or two very brief notes. One one that I took from from Robin is in his discussion with Matt. He noted that um, they draw on a lot of players from interstate, and in that way, they're probably a bit of a point of difference from, and that's something that Jeremy's just hinted at as well from what we see in the other NPL teams. So they don't have that many players who uh, who have got NPL history from from the sound of it. So that that's going to be, uh, you know, something. They're an unknown quantity, I think, and it's going to take a while for for other teams to to get used to what they're what they're bringing to the competition. Um, they're terrific inclusion. I think um, we should probably mention too that um, they've been included by virtue of um, Wagga City not being able to field um, the girls' 14 side. And in lieu of that, Capital Football invited um, Majura Football Club, the club champions, to 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 um, to fill out the um, the NPL competition. And of course, they don't have a a seniors seniors side, so. Um, I think this is a really good compromise to bring in, you know, ANU who have played the last couple of Federation Cups to, and who were also so historically strong in this town. Um, I know playing playing in, in um, state and community leagues, they've always feel strong strong sides every year, large player base, uh, lots of history. Uh, read Heather Reed's book um, for for some for some history with the ANU club and the women's side. Um, so yeah, they're the probably a couple of things I'd, I'd note about them. Looking forward to seeing how they go. Absolutely, it's gonna. They're definitely gonna be that element of surprise, just based on the fact that you know we're not really sure what we're gonna uh, expect uh, from them. But it's gonna be interesting to say the least. Matt, uh, take it away for the for the next team. Yeah, next up is Belcon United, coached of coached of course by Scott Conlon. They finished third place in twenty twenty two. And their win, their points and win loss record was 15 wins, one draw, five losses, 46 points overall. And they were the runners up in the MPLW Grand Final and the Federation Cup Final as well. Scotty Conlon coming off one hell of a debut season for Bell Conan, uh, sort of defined the odds making the Grand Final of both those tournaments I just mentioned there. Unfortunately for them, coming up short just both times to Olympic. Uh, but let's not forget. Um, where sort of Bell Connor were just before he came in. He came in a uh, bit of a mass exodus uh, with um, some of the bigger players there, like he mentioned in the interview with me. Um, so there was more for him to do than just come in and um, get ready for um, MPLW there. And uh, 
He really brought the team along quite well, and you could see how much they were improving against the bigger sides, especially near the end against Croatia and Olympic. They were having more competitive matches, nipping at their heels near near the end. Um, and it, obviously, they were able to knock out Canberra Croatia in that thrilling uh, semi-final matchup uh, to make that final uh, in quite a massive back-and-forth encounter. So... Con uh, Conlon will be looking to pick those scalps again and looking to go one better. And as he mentioned in the preseason interview as well, that uh, he wasn't shy about it. He wants to win something this year. And considering how close they came in both um, to make both finals last year and the improvement they showed at the end of the season, uh, they might be a bit of a dark horse, but uh, they'll they'll fancy their chances. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say count out Bell Conlon. They they might not be everyone's favorites, but they'll be. After last year, they'll show that they'll be there or thereabouts. Uh, a few ins and outs uh, before I throw it to Stefan. Uh, Izzy Einmarsh, uh, Bessie Reithmuller, Paddy Cram. A few, a few outs. Uh, we've got Olivia Bomford, Karen Clark, and Tatum Matsis. Uh, we'll start with you, Stefan. What are your thoughts on Bill Conan heading into the campaign? Uh, Scotty Collin obviously had a great um, debut season last year. Yeah, that, they were one of the stories in an amazing campaign last year. I think we're going to look back on 2022 as something that was pretty bloody special in the uh, in the NPLW landscape. And uh, one of the stories was, the big stories was how they were going to go um, with Olympic pretty much um, pulling out a lot of their uh, stars and, and senior players out of the squad and um, a new coach coming in at Scott. Um, the and it was just amazing how the combination of he and his captain, um, they, were, they were both, I believe, pretty bloody heroic in in what they were able to do with that side and and, and pull them into the, the heights that we saw at the end of the season. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what they come up with this year. I think that the loss of Karen Clark is probably going to be felt. She's a um, She was one of the... Um, Fewer older players in the squad. It's a very young-looking squad. It's a very, very capable-looking squad. They got um some all really good ins, um, but they're all on the young side. Um, so to me, Talia and Katie Woodman are going to be um really important with their their influence on the squad. But I just love what what Scott did with the with the with the team last year and his quiet determination. Uh, obviously um, got his players on board 100% with what he was doing and very much enjoyed just seeing their growth. After I think they had a the first three or four games last season, they were still working things out. But after that, they were just on the rise, you know, up and up and up after that. So, um, yeah, as I said, um, uh, one of the big stories of the, the season was just how they went and uh, and, their, and their heroics in the, in the final series. There's no final series this year either, by the way, is there? This is um, it's uh, just a, a premiership, minor premiership now. Is that correct? Maybe you can answer that one, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure. I don't. I didn't even ask the question because I didn't realize that it would be a change. Uh, that's a that's a great question. I'm going to have to check yeah. now, Stefan. Yeah, we're going to have yeah. to check with Ross now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I heard that somewhere. So if that's the case, it really adds. Mm some spice to the Federation Cup competition and, and some more importance on the on the competition. But worth checking, I'm not sure where I heard that, but it's stuck in it's stuck in my head. So yeah. So um if that was the last final series we ever saw in NPLW, what a final series it was. Seriously. Yep. 
Oh, in, indeed, indeed. And um, Jeremy, do you have any initial, um, uh, any other thoughts on that on Bell Connor? I, I love what Scott said during the during the your, your interview, and I think it's it's who he is, and it's what he's, he's giving to his team that confidence, that ambition as well. Uh, that it doesn't matter if if it's a young team, if it's a team that has lost some of their most um, experienced players, they're here to win, and it only takes a few games to perform to be able to the difference between being first and, and second or third. So I really enjoy the, the way he speaks. And you can see that it does transpire uh, within the team. I mean, um, you know, um, I don't think, I don't think a player has as much temper and, and great energy as Talia Backhouse um, on a full season. At least we've seen that last year. Uh, and and so I really enjoy what's going on in, in Belconnen. I do think um, losing Jaila Murphy is going to hurt them this season. She was, she was spectacular uh, between the posts and uh, it's big field to sh- big shoes to fill for, um, so Ellie Summers coming in. I don't know if she's going to be the, the main goalkeeper in, in the first team. She's also on the, on the young side. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that's going to be a bit, a, a bit of a tricky situation because she was so special. Uh, I do, I, I do really like the recruitment that Scott has done as well. Uh, Bessier with Muller is a very capable striker. Uh, Easy Hindmarsh was one of the best midfielder last year. Uh, Hattie Kram is full of energy and, and so she's going to bring a lot up front. Uh, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they travel because last year they were not expected to perform with all the changes. This year they're coming in with all the other team knowing what they're capable of and what they bring to the table. So it's a it's a story of confirming what they've done last season and it's always harder uh, than making an entrance. So it's going to be a, a different challenge for, for Scott Conlon. It certainly will be interesting and uh, the Scott interview as well was for the second year in a row, the second most watched one just behind O'Connor Knight. So there you go, Scott, you, uh, you bring in the viewers, mate. Uh, or, or you have a following, should I say. Michael, who do we have next up? Uh, next up, we have Canberra, Croatia, uh, coached by Zoran Glavinic. Uh, 2022, they finished first. Their points and win-loss record was 17 wins, three draws, and just the one defeat for 54 points there. They were the 2022 MPLW League winners. And this year, in 2023, they became the Charity Shield winners as well. So as they sort of picked up the good form that they displayed last year already uh, at this stage, early stage, I should say, of 2023 before the actual league season begins, getting a trophy under their belt. So the defending league champions, you know, they were fantastic uh, last season and it's pretty much what you expect from a Canberra-Croatia outfit. They were outstanding, hence the only one defeat that they suffered all season long. They were a devastating side uh, in the attacking half of the pitch, you know, with the likes of Brittany Palombi uh, just showing, obviously, just how good of a player uh, she was, uh, or that she is, sorry, not was. Uh, and, you know, uh, she was, uh, along with a lot of other players uh, in Canberra, Croatia, you know, a constant name that would sort of pop up on a weekly basis here uh, on the podcast. It just went to show sort of how good they were uh, last season and how dominant they were last season as well. And I think it's key to note that Sam Gray is the new women's uh, technical director at the club there at uh, Canberra Croatia, which I think is a great addition uh, for them. We Sam's a good friend of the of the show here. He's a, he's a great lad. So, you know, to have him uh, as the women's TD at Canberra Croatia that for their women's program, I think is a, a huge boost uh, for them. And it will only continue to elevate uh, the women's football over there 
in Canberra, Croatia. A few wins uh, to discuss. Uh, Tatum Mazis and Charlie Mitchell come into this squad and some notable outs, uh, a big out, Grace Gill, uh, Krista, uh, Krista Hagen and Angelica Pena uh, as well, uh, to name a few departures there for Canberra, Croatia. Obviously, they've sort of made a few additions, but they've also seen some players uh, walk away. Obviously, like I touched on there, Grace Gill, that's going to be a huge loss. She's obviously a stalwart when it comes to women's football here in Canberra. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go forward without Grace Gill uh, in their squad. Uh, Jeremy, what are your thoughts on Canberra Croatia heading into uh, this campaign? Uh, I think it's we we expect them to obviously be sort of fighting for the title. That's just who they are. They're a very good team, a very good squad. They've been doing it for a number of years, but I guess, can you sort of touch on the appointment there of Sam Gray as the women's uh, technical director and furthermore, any additions or departures that uh, I may have uh, missed out on there, but uh, we can expect them to be good uh, this season, can't we, Jeremy? Yeah, exactly. Very much like last year, the story at Belconnen was, can they do it without Mickey Thornton? This season, I think Zoran Glavinich is going to... Uh, grow very, very quickly about being reminded that Grace Gill and Krista Hagen have retired uh, because they were such such important pieces in, in the Canberra Croatia history and, and in their recent victories as well. So, um, you know, obviously hats off to them for, for their great careers and, and what they brought to uh, football in Canberra in general and, in, and at Canberra Croatia. It, it's obviously a big loss. Um, Zoran tried to sort of um, not downplay it, but I guess to to try and remove a bit of the burden of the shoulders of his players at the season launch uh, at the at the Deakin Club when he was saying that you know Grace Gill only played from half of the season onward last year and um, uh, Krista Hagen was injured for about al- almost a dozen games after that injury against Olympic, so they were able to win all those games without these two players. So the talent is there uh, even without Grace Gill and, and Krista Hagen, and and I think he wants to build. On that, obviously, um, Zoran, the you know losing the two goalkeepers as well, both Nat Vasta uh, and Angelica Pahina leaving, I think is also a, a bit of a loss because now they're getting a, a young keeper, Maddie Angel, who showed us at the charity shield that she is talented, but she is young, and and we know uh, how important goalkeepers are in our competition. It feels like we're going from having a lot of um, a lot of talented goalkeepers to a pool that has shrunk a little bit. With uh, with some of them going um, interstate uh, in in the off season, and obviously it's great to see your youngsters coming out. Um, speaking of youngsters, I think um, Charlie Mitchell, who's coming from Eden, uh, is probably the player that impressed me the most at the charity shield. You you didn't see her often, uh, but you saw in this player a, a quality as a striker, um, the the positioning, the balance. Um, I think she's going to be you know in in case Canberra Croatia needed a bit more firepower up front to help Brittany Palombia. I think she's going to make an effort herself uh, in, in the opponent's boxes, and I'm looking forward to seeing her. You, you said it, Michael, there's a lot of, of pressure always and expectations at Canberra, Croatia. They're not a team that's here to play the, the third or the fourth place. They're here to win. They're here to win year in, year out, and, and so they're going to be expecting to do the same thing. They can still rest on that core. You know, Amy McLaughlin was there, Ian, Ian Fensum is here. Uh, in the middle of the park, Jimmy Berkeley is still there. Bella Barac is still there. You have you have experienced players like Beck Kitching uh, or, or Diane Wilson. So so the core is still there, and and the youth is going to be here to help them, um, you know, reach 
what their target is, which is, uh, I guess, you know, taking what they lost back from, from Canberra Olympic. So it's going to be uh, very exciting to see what happens at, at Dick in this season. It's definitely, definitely, sorry, going to be very exciting. Uh, Jeremy, I mean, you talk there about the pressure and expectations. So we'll sort of see how they deal with that going into this season. Stefan, do you have any additional thoughts on what you expect from Canberra, Croatia uh, going into the 2023 uh, season? Yeah. Um, first of all, hats off to Grace Gill and Krista. Um, permanent entrance, it seemed, in every Beyond 90 team of the year since, since we've been doing them. So, uh, yeah, um, they'll be massively missed. Uh, a couple other just notes on ins and outs. Uh, Maddie, Maddie Sawkins, who scored that vital goal uh, in round 18 last year, to, which effectively got them the title after Canberra Olympics loss uh, later in the year. Um, she's gone to CUI as well. And we think that Alice Churchill is probably not going to recover for this season. Um, Brandy Nicholson, defender from Wagga City, is also also coming. And one that really impressed me, along with Charlie in the Charity Shield game, was Zoe Sobchak from Bundaberg. She played at left back, and I was uh, really impressed with her. So I think she could be in for a, for a, a good season. Uh, and I heard, I think, on commentary, um, something that I, I saw in the last few weeks, that Goldie, uh, Rachel Goldstein, might be returning from a from a stand up in Sydney. So. She's obviously um, been very successful in this club in the past, so um, she'll she'll help to um, to fill some of that perhaps that attacking void from from the loss of um, Grace Gill up front. Um, as far as their prospects, I, I sort of have them right up right up the top again. Um, I want I want to give Zoran Glavinich, the coach, a lot of credit for how he got them there last year. Um, you looked at their squad last season. They had, a, you know, always a really strong starting eleven, very young bench, um, and he had to navigate them through sometimes rocky seas of injuries, overseas absences. I know that you know a, a small group of them went overseas for a while, and he managed them ever so well through through uh, all those challenges, um, managing to inject, you know, the the, the youthful substitutes. Um, in, a, in an intelligent fashion all season. And they, they really, he really takes a lot of credit, I think, for, the, for getting them over the line, just the, the clever way he managed um, his resources last season. So, um, yeah, so some big outs, still a really terrific balance of youth and experience, and I think they're looking really good again. Oh, 100% agree. I, I like that you touched on uh, the role of Zoran Glavinich there, someone that we've known in the Canberra community for a long time, uh, you know, obviously coaching in the MPLW now and previously uh, in MPL men's. Uh, he's been around a long time, uh, so we'll see how he's able to sort of galvanise uh, the, the squad for the season ahead. Uh, Matt, who have we got uh, next up? Next up, we have Canberra Olympic, coached by Nicole Begg. They finished second in the league last season. Their points and win-loss record was 15 wins, four draws, two losses, 39 points overall. They, of course, won the MPLW Grand Final, won the Federation Cup Final, and were runners-up just recently in the Charity Shield for 2023. Reigning champions are uh, coming off history with all those trophy wins. Uh, that's that's the first time they've lifted the Fed Cup and the MPLW um, grand final as well on the women's side of things. First time in their history. So huge season overall, uh, not just to win it, but to make that sort of history. 
And the Colts side was so consistent and impressive to watch throughout last season. However, Croatia were just that bit more consistent uh, in the league. Uh, of course, them clinching the, uh, the, the title. Just the one loss and a draw separated those two sides last season. So it was a fantastic league race to watch. And Velko as well. We're getting right in right at the end there. If it would have been interesting to see if we had four or five more rounds, how uh, it would have ended up overall. I think we would have had an even even more drama to what we already saw at the end of the season. Uh, like I mentioned just before, came up just short to Canberra Croatia, losing one nil in that uh, charity shield. Um, naturally, both sides aren't going to treat the charity shield as the end or be all of the season, but. Um, uh, but that was a taste of what we're going to see between Croatia and Olympic uh, very soon as they play each other there. They're going to play each other in the first round of the Fed Cup and they're going to play each other in the first round of the season. So that's why sort of it's notable uh, that match in the Charity Shield because it's the first of well, five in the season and three in such a short space of time. And after coming off such a fantastic season... Uh, they'll be trying to, you, it's fair to say they'll be trying to replicate their success and uh, safe to say the one major title that they'll probably be aiming for more than most, um, this is just my uh, assumption here, would be trying, they're probably going to try and push for that league title. It's the one they were missing last year um, in, ter in terms of the three major titles and I'm sure they're going to be pushing uh, for that. Uh, here are a few ins, uh, Tia Burridge and Madeline Whittle and a few outs, some big outs here, Ash Sykes, and Olivia Fogarty. Uh, so, Stefan, I'll start with you. Uh, what do you make of the reigning MPLW Grand Final champions heading into this season? Well, uh, they're certainly a whole lot more stable than uh, in, as far as the amount of change in the squad compared to what we saw last year. Um, sorry, uh, and before I start, um, Michael, you, you did some great detective work just now and discovered that finals are actually still on. Is that correct? It was actually Jeremy. Oh, uh, Jeremy. Okay. Yeah, uh, we were just acknowledging his uh, good uh, journalistic skills there. So yeah, good work. So uh, yeah, um, I don't know where I got got that impression from, but uh, it looks like we we've got the same arrangement as last year. So that's really good to know. Thanks for the correction. Um, so yeah, I, 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 very much a consolidation on on last year. I think is on the cards. Um, Ash Sykes is just a a massive loss. Um, I, you know, I think um, Talia and Ash were probably the two best players in the in the league last last season. Um, so they are very much going to miss her. But um, to counterbalance that, um, bringing in Matt, Maddie Whittle, I think, is also one of the stories of of this season. Um, took out the two thousand seventeen Golden Boot. Uh, played Cambria United that season. Uh, he's been overseas, I think, in the in, in the meantime a bit. I'm not entirely sure. How much football she's been playing, but she she certainly looked fit during the charity shield, and we probably didn't see her playing as much in an, in an attacking sense after Jazz Jazz Sable's uh, early injury in in that game, and she dropped back into a midfield role. So I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, how Nicole uses uh, Maddie in the setup and uh, and in in an attacking sense, given given her you know obvious credentials in, in, in attack in the past. Um, they also had some key outs for, for the Charity Shield game, you know, Michaela Thornton overseas and a few others. It was a long weekend, so, um, you know, um, perhaps some others were away. Um, last year, we got used to seeing an amazing bench. Um, like, the depth was incredible. 
Uh, and I think we remarked more than once that every bench player pretty much would be starters in other squads. And I'm not sure we're, we're going to quite see that same um, amount of depth this season. We'll, we'll have to see again. Um, and you could probably sense in uh, Nicole's interview with Matt that she, while she was really extremely proud and happy of their program and their achievements in 2022, she realised she knows that there's hard work still ahead uh, this season, trying to, you know, um, get anywhere near that sort of achievement this season. Uh, and if she does it, um, I think without without a sister and um, Sarah Johnson not there, Liv Fogarty not there, um, you know, she'll have to take an enormous amount of credit, she and her coaching team, for, for that this season. So... Um, yeah, so expecting, you know, there's a, I think there's clearly a big three now. Um, there might even be, we'll talk about this a bit later, but <laughs> the quality up the top of the, the ladder is um, is just improving all the time. So expecting them to stay up the top in that quality, you know, in the high top two, top three positions, certainly. Um, loved what they did last season. Um, just wanted to talk a little bit about their defence. Um, the season before, they could concede as many as they scored. Um Last season, they um, they had the most frugal defence. And I remember in our Beyond 90 team of the year, we had three out of four defenders from, from their team. And given that they only had three starters from the season before, two of those were in defence, Ali Cook and Victoria Jamison, their captain. So big credit to them after they were a bit leaky uh, in defence the, the season before. So Nicole Beggs obviously worked, obviously worked well on, on the defence last season and we'll want to do the same. They've still got Vanessa Ryan there. They'll, they'll be expecting Elka back as well. So um, if they can do their work again, then um, there's no reason why the, the team probably can't do perhaps nearly as well as, as what we saw last year. Jeremy, do you have any additional thoughts to what Stefan added there? Yeah, I think... Same story as as Belkoen a little bit. You expect them to to work well last year, but with that many new additions, you didn't know how fast it was going to gel. It gelled well, and now it's about um keeping it together. And and yeah, Stefan said it well. Um, you know, she, she's she's really humble, um, Nick, and and she won't say how amazing she's doing. Uh, but she's doing great. But that's also because she knows that now the expectations are this high that. You know, she sort of said in in that um, season launch, or you know, if we can do a, a clean sweep, I'll take it. And then the very first trophy, she's not winning it. Uh, so, so I'm sure it's also probably something positive because it's going to um, sort of put everybody back at ground level. And and there is work to do just because your camera Olympic now the game just aren't going to win themselves. Uh, so, so it's it shows the new players that have arrived. You know, Tia Burridge and and uh, Maddie Whittle coming back. Uh, that they are in in now a successful program and they have to to perform for them. But it also shows all the other young players that they need to step up um, to what is expected from them now. I I expect them to be yeah up, up there or thereabouts. Obviously, you know, um, you you're losing over twenty goals with both Ash Sykes and Liv Fogarty um, leaving the program, and it's not easy to replace. So that's going to be a bit of of work going up front. But I think we've seen a. Uh, a fairly quiet Nicole Jaloka last season uh, for for Canberra Olympic, and so uh, 
I'm expecting her to uh, to show a bit more uh, of her goal scoring abilities this season. That she's uh, getting used to the system a bit more. Maybe hopefully um, we see more goal goal scoring ability because she's this all up front. Uh, so so there's going to be a, a bit going on. I think at Olympic, but uh, yeah, definitely one of the teams that is going to be uh, um, up there or there about at the end of the season. Certainly will be interesting Interesting to see how Canberra Olympic go this season. Michael, uh, who do we have next up? And uh, it's a familiar name to all of us here. Oh, it is a very familiar name. A good friend of the show, uh, Matty Moore's team, Canberra United Academy. Uh, obviously, a good friend of the show. Uh, uh, someone that we really like having on the show. Hopefully, someone that we can uh, get on uh, the podcast uh, during the season. Um Obviously, uh, with Maddie now uh, in the dugout, uh, I sense this being a little bit of a uh, bounce back season uh, for for the academy, uh, given uh, what they didn't do with last year. So uh, last season they finished sixth uh, outside the top four, and their two thousand twenty two points win loss uh, record was five wins, three draws, and thirteen defeats for just eighteen points. So in a sense. Uh, the academy will definitely definitely be looking to get back on track this season and uh, contend, obviously, with uh, the top four spots. And w- we talk about this all the time, Matt. We've talked about this ever since we started the podcast, but it's always refreshing and good to see these really young players uh, in the Canberra United Academy squad getting their chance in a first-grade format coming up against these older girls and really sort of going head-to-head with them as well. So, I mean, I think the Academy are in for a big season, uh, I hope anyway. Uh, We we know the sort of football that they like to play uh, as well, Matt. That's something that we've also uh, discussed uh, over the years uh, as well, the the idea and plan behind uh, their style of play, which essentially is sort of the nucleus of what it is that they want to do and how they want to develop their goals in, in first grade football and beyond that with potential opportunities uh, externally away from uh, Canberra. So uh, Stefan, I'll start with you, given you've got the, uh, you know, the, the background there. Uh, So can I just grab some of your thoughts on what you're expecting from Canberra United Academy heading into this campaign? Obviously they missed out on the top four last season but we know what's at stake with this group when they, when they go into a season and and the way that they want to play, that doesn't really change. So what can we expect from the academy this season? Yeah, uh, thanks, Michael. Um, I, I agree with what you said. I, I, I too am expecting a bit of a bounce back this this season from from just just from hearing from from Matty Moore in his interview with with Matt. Um, I'm quite excited by what, what I heard with that. Uh, the brief is to re-establish and to reset the the academy and to have more of a focus on the individual. Um, so I think last season, um, with the development remit that they have, that they don't they're not out there to um, necessarily win the league. Um, but I think it wasn't really until the end of the season that we saw all their guns on the field together at the same time. Now, I think some of that was due to illness during the year. I think they had one or two players go down with um, with the dreaded Lurgy um, and it, um, probably just unfortunate with um, the way that panned out. They couldn't get 
more of their um, key position players on the park all at the same time. So, yes, so they've lost lost a few key players. I think, you know, Bessie Reithmore was fantastic. Taylor, Taylor Hampson, fantastic last season. Um, Charlie Gregson's gone to Tuggeranong as well, as you said. Maddie Sorkins uh, is coming in and then is Arabic's in. Um, there are... Maddie said that the retention from last season has been good and that there should be a strong spine. So that's really good news. But the the, the biggie is um, if I think you mentioned that if one or two players from the senior Cambria United squad are able to jump into the team, then that's going to really uh, give give them a boost as well. Uh, we don't really know who they are yet, I don't think. Um, but if just say even even if it's um, Sophia Christo Christofferson comes in. I know Sasha's studying locally at the ANU this season, so she's a possibility. I don't think we've heard yet where she's going, um, and I'm not sure what Meg Roden's doing either this this season. I'm not sure that we've heard yet. But you, even if you just get one one or two of those players in, that really gives that, that side a lift and will be so good for the other players in that academy side. So, yeah, um, looking forward to what they're doing. And, um, you know, they, they could be they could be well and truly pushing for, for that top four if that happens. Absolutely. And, I mean, if there's someone that's going to get them back into that top four picture, it's going to be Matty Moore. Uh, really good coach. Uh, again, someone uh, that's been around sort of women's football uh, here in Canberra for a very long time. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what uh, Matty can do uh, with, with this squad uh, of players. Jeremy, I'll throw to you now. What are you expecting for Canberra United Academy for the 2023 season? Pressure on Maddie. If, if, if there's somebody who's going to bring them back up, it's him. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be a tough season for uh, for Maddie and, and the girls. Um, Stefan mentioned it last year. Uh, they just couldn't feel the same team um, twice in, in, in two weeks. And, and I really hurt Sarah West and, and her ambition for the squad because in the middle of that, we've seen... Uh, talent, talented player like Jaya Bowman, uh, like Izzy Hindmarsh, like uh, Bessie Rismuller, um, really coming into their own and, and really making a splash in the league. It's just it's just hard when it's never the same uh, players. And whether it was, uh, you know, Chloe Lincoln called uh, to play with with the um, the young Matildas or or injuries or COVID, um, it was just hard to feel the same the same players uh, twice in a row. And and so this season, uh, well, Maddie picks up a squad that had those issues last year and you know also you know bigger structural issues you didn't have uh, the Canberra United coach all season so you know it was probably harder for the girls to see the pathway and now it's a bit more uh, organized so it's also all all the better for uh, for the academy and, and in that sense we'll probably see hopefully um more cohesiveness uh, just because it's it has more structure and it always helps. The fact that Chloe Lincoln stays and and Maddie told me she was staying, so I'm going to quote him there. Uh, is is a big one uh, because you know she is obviously the the most cap um A League women player that the academy has, uh, and so keeping a, a talented goalkeeper like her when she's not going to be called for international football, uh, I think is probably the was probably the most important thing that Machi could do when when he saw the squad. Losing some of the talent that we've mentioned before uh, will hurt, but it's also good to see uh, talents that have 
you know, sort of grown somewhere else joining the academy. I think it's something that we haven't seen in recent years. And so for, for Nina Zarevac and, uh, and Maddie Sokins to come to the academy kind of also shows the place that the academy should have within within our competition uh, and that the, the best young player should aspire to join the academy because it should be the best pathway for uh, for league women. So hopefully uh, we see the academy playing the role that it's supposed to be to be played. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, which player is going to be the one that no one has heard about and is just going to uh, to emerge and, and show the whole competition that there is talent in the capital um, year in, year out. Definitely uh, a lot of talent, that's for sure, Jeremy. Uh, Matt, who have we got next uh, for our uh, preview? Next up, we have Gungahlin United, coached by Andrew Woodman. Their 2022 position was fifth place, and their points and win-loss record was eight wins, three draws, and 10 losses, 27 points overall. As we we mentioned a few times on the show last year, Gungahlin didn't have the ideal start to the campaign. They dropped off the pace pretty quickly by a... A, a decently wide margin. Um, and then when Andrew Andrew Woodman joined about, was it halfway through last season or something like that? Uh, he joined Gungahlin. Um It took a little bit to get going, but once they finally started to get momentum and consistency, uh, they made a pretty big charge for that top four. They only just missed out by three points in the end uh, to West Canberra Wanderers. Uh, they will probably feel if they had a couple more matches left that they could have made the top four. So uh, that just sort of proves how much their confidence was really growing near the end of uh, near the end of last season. Uh, nonetheless, despite not making the top four, they had a great end to the campaign. Uh, they have some quality additions coming in, like I'll mention uh, shortly. And to add to that, again, I just harp on the end of last season. If they can uh, call upon that. They've kept a lot of the core group uh, of players. If they can really build on that for next season and um, incorporate that and get a good start under their belt, um, Gungahlin United will probably fancy themselves um, internally of making that top four. Uh, so here are a few ins. Jade uh, Jade Brown, Karen Clark, Ginger Oliver, and uh, the only out I have here is Piper Lockley. Um, Jeremy, we'll go to you. Uh, feel free to add any more if I've missed any, but what are your thoughts on Gungali United last season? Like I said, really had that great end to the season. Is that, is that team five or six that we're saying is going to go into the finals now? Uh, it's it's great. It, it shows that we have... Uh, a Fancy themselves are making the finals. Just <laughs> got to make myself very clear here. <laughs> no, but that, 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 that's great. What I'm saying is it shows, um, again, how... Uh, how tight it's going to be this season. It was tight last season. And if it wasn't for, we'll talk about them later, but if it wasn't for the great start of, of West Canberra, uh, the Gunners might, might have made it. Um, of course, they had to uh, to make up for uh, for a bit of a false start on their own. Um, and I think, you know, when you have when you have Andrew Woodman and Diego Iglesias in a club, uh, you're most likely building a great program. And, and the Gunners have always had that great culture um, up north, now have um, two two men in there that, that have been fantastic in the past few years. Uh, building uh, the, the women's football. So it, it's good to see them working together and, and seeing already the early results. Uh, I think the the recruitment over the, the summer is a very smart recruitment. Ginger Oliver was was just fantastic, I think, for, for the Wanderers last year. So seeing her going to, to Gungahlin is a steal. Uh, and, and Karen Clark is just that added experience, you know, everything that Stephen mentioned about, um, you know, what she's taking away from Belkon and what she's bringing it straight in to Gungahlin. And the defense was probably something that the Gunners had to sort out 
last season. So seeing somebody like uh, like Karen coming in uh, can can only be uh, positive for them. So it's it's going to be uh, an interesting season for them. They had two things, in my opinion, to to sort out last year was uh, was a defense that could be leaky at times and, and and a bit you know not focused enough and, and an attack that wasn't consistent and so now we have on, on one end of the pitch Karen Clark and on the other end Jade Bryant coming back and Ginger Oliver bringing her, her technique and her and her ability to to shot the best corner kick in the competition so uh, so we'll see how uh, how that translates at, at GEO but we'll see we'll see definitely a, a competitive Gangalin team this season. Stefan do you have any additional thoughts on Gangalin United heading into this season? Yeah, I, I can't wait to see Karen Clark play with uh, Maddie Percival. I mean, Maddie was my player of the season for that team last last year. Um, and I'm just, if if Karen can stay fit all year and just help to centre that group and go, help guide them around, uh, yeah, she'll, she could be massive. I, I don't want to put pressure on Karen, but she's a, you know, she's a local football legend, I, I think. And uh, it's just a... Uh, you know, a, a significant move, I think, for the team to have someone of her stature and her capabilities helping the, to steer that team around. Um, I think I think I heard Alison Sini is also coming in from Tuggeranong. It's probably the other one we could mention. Um, Consistent-looking group. Uh, the the X factor is is Michelle Heyman. We don't know again what if she's going to be coming back or not. Um, and when when she is there, she's not always a consistent presence. So yes, a, a massive boost. To, to the team, um, but uh, yeah, we'll just have to see what how that pans out. Um, but really, they only they only missed finals last year with with missing some key players in that last game. I think both the uh, Demarcos sisters were unable to play that last game, and uh, you you take out their their uh, their inclusion and those two and a few others are so important to the style that they play with their futsal background the short passing game I, I love watching this team play um I'm I'm unabashed, unabashed fan of the the style of football that they have um so yeah very much looking forward to them again and uh wishing wishing them well with all as long as all, as well as all the teams uh well for this season Michael who do we have next next we have Tuggeranong United, coached by Polo Romero. Uh, 2022, their position on the table was seventh and their points and win-loss record for last season was two victories, five draws and 14 losses for 11 points. And I want to start off by saying, despite what I think their overall record showed last season, I think Tuggeranong United won a lot of people over with how they played last season and their determination in particular under Polo Romero. I think he sort of came in and sort of galvanized that group uh, to really get them believing that they could, you know, uh, get victories and get results, which they were able to do uh, last season in in, in seven matches, uh, which goes to show that they've made, you know, great progress uh, under him. And I think that's only going to set to continue with, him at the helm at Tuggeranong United. So big props to what Paulo Romero was able to do with Tuggeranong United last season. And obviously speaking to their aspirations, uh, they'll be looking to obviously, I think in their minds say, look, we can go beyond seventh place this season. Let's set the bar high and continue to progress. So I think that will be a really strong focus point for Tuggeranong United. Uh, They showed great glimpses over the course of, 
uh, last season, bar and few, a few difficult results here and there. But I think that they can draw on a lot of uh, positives to come out of last season where they're able to actually show that they can contend and they can compete with teams in this competition. So a few wins, uh, Charlie Gregson and Rainy Niles uh, have have come into the team and some departures include uh, Kara Saruti, uh, Lauren Hall and Sophie Burns there. So uh, I'm going to come to uh, Stefan first. Uh, for Tuggeranong United, I sort of harped on there a little bit about the sort of progress that they made under Paulo Romero when he came into the side last season. And, you know, despite the fact that they weren't, you know, amazing over the course of a season, they were able to play some really good football and show that they were a tough outfit to beat on on, on some occasions. So what are you expecting from Tuggeranong uh, this season? Obviously, they'll be uh, looking to... Uh, continue their uh, progress as the, as this season uh, comes to an opening. Yeah, I agree, Michael. I think they'll be, they can be quietly quite pleased with last season's um, progress. They, You could see the team was fitter. They had uh, better depth, fewer injuries because they were fitter and um, just a greater amount of consistency all year. Um, so they, I think they doubled their goal tally and their wins, and they conceded few, uh, fourteen fewer goals um, last last season. So lots lots of positives there. The question is always around their depth. Um, Lauren Hall, I think, and was one of their finest players last season. So she's a loss. I think she was also a leading goal scorer last season for for Tarragon. So um, I thought Kara Saruti is also going to West Canberra. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But she was also. Uh, player of promise, um, but as you noted, we, they've got some some talent coming in as well. Um, I don't think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be another a tough year for them. But if they can um, keep to their standards that they the, the bar that they set as far as fitness, um, consistency, um, trying to trying to keep that depth. I think Paolo mentioned they've got quite a few players. Coming up from their from their um, seventeens or juniors into the squad this season, um, that's that's probably you know something to really to really aim for. Um, the unknown is ANU, of course, where they they're, they're going to end up in the on the ladder. So um, I think like ANU, they they'd be aiming to to not finish on the bottom this season, and um, and you know anything. The higher they can get up towards that that top four, uh, clearly clearly the better. So, not expecting an easy year for them, but um, if they can continue on the same vein, then I think they'll be pleased once again. Absolutely, and I hope for certainly Tuggeranong's sake that they're able to sort of uh, go up uh, in that direction, like you mentioned, Jeremy. I'm going to throw it to you now. Do you share? the similar views or notion that this squad, despite some key uh, departures, can still make 2023 a really positive season and really uh, take what they did into 2022 into this season? Yeah, 100%. I think um, I think we've seen where they've improved a lot uh, and it was defensively. It's just a matter of, 
you know, do, doing that for 95 minutes and, and not just 80, 82. And, and we've seen that too many times for them, unfortunately. But the progress is there year in, year out. And, and it's a team that is coming into their own, of course, the addition of Sammy Ems uh, and, and then the 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 blooming of JMs later on in the season I think have been have been great low and hold yeah she was the only player who scored more than two goals she's got six last year for for Tergenong. and losing her is obviously uh, I think I think a bit of a big deal for for Tergenong. but the fact that they could keep Sami in keeper the fact that Lara Mustaine is going to be there in defense you know th- those are those are the the players that um Paolo Romero can can build on I I have to say I love Paolo's um preseason interviews because uh, because he's he's always saying oh we've got all, all those players and he's not giving any names and then you end up seeing some real talent on the pitch but he didn't actually tell you who's who was coming in I think last year it was uh, it was Ems and uh, and the fact that Terry was staying and then he just kept bringing goalkeepers on goalkeepers and they were all as talented uh so so we'll see what the surprise is this season uh but, but I guess you know the the fact is they're trying to build something great in the south and and this is this is a hard market to have a a good team that performs and and they are progressing it's it's going to be a lot of work for them this season no doubt but Paulo Romero knows that uh and and he has his work cut out for him and uh he's going to make sure those girls are are ready for it if they can get somebody who finishes they brought the ball in the box so many times last year if they can get somebody who finishes constantly then it's going to be uh, the tightest season on record I reckon yeah, I think uh, that might be a, a very big point of focus for them is if they're able to find uh, a source of goals there, like you mentioned. Jeremy, Matt, last up, who have we got uh, for our MPLW preview? Next up, we have the West Canberra Wanderers, coached by Ray Castro. Their 2022 position was fourth place. Their win-loss record and the points was nine wins, three draws, nine losses, 30 points overall. Uh, the West Canberra Wanderers, like we mentioned before, have had a enjoyed a fantastic start to the campaign. Uh, they picked up wins against everyone except for Croatia and Olympic, including Belconnen as well at the start of the season. They ended up getting a victory against them to in that first sort of round of matches. Uh, they sort of dropped off in form near the end, but they had that greater start of the season um, that they were able to keep that pace near the end and they got those crucial um, points right at the end there to uh, to sort of uh, move away Gangalan right at right there and uh, but overall a really good season for a Castro's side. Wanderers had a lot of positives there. Uh, another year of experience under their belts as well. Uh, not to mention some of the new signings that we're all about to mention here. Um, not to sound cliche again, but in I'm, I'm sure internally they will um, expect to try and push for that top four as well. Here are a few ins. Eliza Jane Norris, Nikita Perry, Sophia Tufexis, a few outs, Ginger Oliver, Hattie Cram, and Daisy Canavan. Uh, Jeremy, I'll go to you first. What do you make of the Wanderers this season? I have to talk about the outs first. You didn't mention Tara Cannon as well. Uh, it's 21 out of their 26 goals of last year, 28 goals of last year that have left. Um, it's it's terrible. Um if I'm if I'm request, oh, I'm I'm asking questions. Uh, who's going to score this year? I mean, of course, is 
is ready for it. And, and it's great for some of those girls, you know, Daisy Canavan and Tara Cannon going to play for the Illawarra Stingrays, excuse me, uh, Hachikram going to, to Belco and, and Alexandra Hinson going to, to St. George as well, less of a, less of a scorer, the, the goalkeeper, uh, but they've lost some talent there. And that's what happened when, when you're, when you're such a great team, um, you know, that, that stunning star that you were mentioning six wins in eight games. Uh, they were, they had only lost twice by the time we get to a, to game day 11. Uh, and so, and then that give them a pathway to, to top four. And it was great to finally see them in, uh, in the final series. And, and it was much deserved. Uh, I think this season is going to be a, uh, yeah, a proper rebuild, I reckon, for for West Canberra, despite still having um some of the some of those players sticking sticking out, and you know Sarah Whitfield, the most important one, um undoubtedly, it's going to be able to can they do that again? Can they work with those former academy players? They've they've got a few players coming out from the academy, and that's what was their was their strength last year, I reckon. Uh, it's it's about keep keeping keeping on. Uh, but it's not going to be easy, I reckon, for uh for the Wanderers this season. It's always a complicated team to play against, but last year they were reaping the reward of the, the work from the year before. This year, to me, it looks like they are starting over a little bit. Uh, and, and so it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they cope with, with that many changes. It will be interesting in that regard. Stefan, do you have any additional thoughts to what Jeremy added there? Yeah, I think I agree with Jeremy. Um, the other the other main goal scorer last year was was their captain Sarah Sarah Whitfield. So yeah, losing their three other sources of goals last season is is a biggie. Uh, I didn't know Nikita Perry was joining from from academy, so that's that's really good news for them. But the biggie is um is the ex junior Matilda Josie Dubert, who used to play at um Brenda Bella Blues. Uh, she she spent a couple of seasons up at RPL Leichhardt up in Sydney. Um, so I believe she's coming in. Um, so she's a really big inclusion, really, um, you know, with Junior Matilda's style experience and that at the top level experience in the Sydney competition, she'll she'll be very good for the for the team. And of course, you know, Lauren Hall, as we we've mentioned already, and Cara coming in from from Tuggeranong, also good inclusions. But um, um, they're a bit like uh, one or two other sides in that if typically if they feel can keep their top their, their first eleven on the park. During the year, um, they they tend to do well. You have to remember that uh, that remarkable round one last season. They, they were top two for much of that first round, and uh, were able to you know to as Jeremy said ride the coattails of that pretty much through to the finals. Um, so not sure we'll be we'll be seeing that with what we're seeing with the losses with their goal scorers, but um, yeah, I'm really keen to see what what. Um, Josie Dubert's learnt um, from her time in Brenda Bell in the Brenda Bella Blues, um, and uh, what she brings to, to the side. And of course, they've still got a an important core that's there with with Whitfield, Mello Callaghan in the centre of defence, and the two Nikias uh, sisters. Um, so, and the under 17s I believe, just won a tournament in Bathurst, beating beating Belconnen in the final. So. That's a good sign for up and comers and perhaps filling in depth coming into the bench. So, um, yes, so keen to see, curious about how they're going to go, but I think they they may struggle to reach the heights that we saw last season. And that is it for all the eight teams. Michael, would you like to uh, go over the round one fixtures for us? MPLW round one fixtures uh, starts on a Friday night. 
which is exciting. Uh, Friday, March 31st, 7.45 p.m., Melrose Synthetic. It's West Canberra Wanderers up against Tuggeranong United. Then we have Canberra Croatia up against Canberra Olympic, cracking first game of the season there. That'll be played Sunday, April 2nd, 2.30 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. We have ANU, uh, the newcomers in this MPLW competition up against the Canberra United Academy, which will also be played on Sunday, April 2nd, 3 p.m. at Hawker Football Centre. And lastly, it's Gungahlin United up against Belconnen United in another fantastic matchup. Sunday, April 2nd, 3 p.m. at Gungahlin Enclosed. Jeremy, I'll go to you first. We just want to grab some quick thoughts on what you think are the standout fixtures here or uh, any games here that people should sort of have their eyes on? How good is it that there's four games and and they all look as exciting as as each other? Uh, Russ and I will be calling the the first one Friday the the thirty first of March, um, live at Melrose, and then I'll be doing uh, Canberra Croatia against Canberra Olympic uh, on the Sunday. So two of the game will be covered on Bar TV, which is also uh, amazing for uh, for the WNPL. Uh, but, but I think all four games, to be honest, I wish I could go and and watch all four games because uh, we're going to learn so much in this first few rounds. Uh, you know, the new team, of course, and you and 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 what the Wanderers. We just talked about them. What can they do uh, in, in this new season? Uh, the obvious choice is is going to see Canberra Croatia against Canberra Olympic and see how much changes there is in those squads since uh, the Charity Shield. Uh, but I think, yeah, to, to me, somehow the the game that I was the most excited about was. Uh, was ANU against uh, the Academy. It's it's a game that I think uh, is probably the most watch because they are the two, in my opinion, most unknown squad this season. And uh, Stefan, same same question for you. Uh, and I think uh, as brilliantly as Jeremy sort of touched on there, all four of those games have meaning behind each and every single one of them. So, I mean, you could literally go to any four of those games and be thoroughly uh, entertained, but I'm keen to get your thoughts on sort of what has, uh, what has your eyes. Yeah, 100% agree with you. Um, the curiosity is going to get the better of me. I'm, I'm covering the, uh, the, the ANU Academy game. I just, I'm just dying to see what these two teams look like and how they play. Um, so it looks like we've got really good coverage across the, uh, across the board for the, for that round one. Um yeah, so dying to see it. I think we're going to see a little bit of um, the um, the Olympic um, Canberra Croatia rivalry early in the season. So I, I think I'll um, I'll hold off um, going getting along for that for one of the other early season um, contests. But yeah, very much looking forward to uh, seeing the new entrants in the league and 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 just how uh, the academy is shaping up. I think uh, that'll that'll be my must must watch. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Matt, uh, I guess I'll throw the same question to you too before we sort of wrap up. Uh, obviously got the thoughts of Jeremy uh, and Stefan there on what is honestly a, a great round one. Uh, I don't think you could have, you know, done better, to be honest, uh, in terms of the fixtures to start the MPLW season. So Matt, uh, I guess, are there any uh, fixtures there that uh, stand out uh, to you before we sort of wrap things up? Yeah, I'll go Gungarland and Belko. That one looks like a really good tie. Obviously, Belko, great end of the season. Same as Gungarland. Um, Both sort of on a high from there. And then both have um, sort of strengthened well and done really well in the offseason. So I'll, I'll probably keep my eye on that one. And uh, that's 
and I might as well throw it to you, Michael, since we're going around the room here. Which which one uh, looks out to you? Oof. Which uh, hasn't it, been picked yet, I think. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, it's it's very tough. I mean, honestly, like West Canberra Wanderers and Tuggernaut mm. uh, mm. really stands out to me. I'm just really interested to see. Obviously, we, we touched on uh, when I was breaking down Tuggernaut United, just how they're going to bounce back after, you know, what they were able to achieve last season. And then, you know, on the flip side of that, you've got West Canberra Wanderers that are in a bit of an element of the unknown. Obviously, they were fantastic to start the season last year, but sort of dipped off uh, as the season came to a close. So, uh, and obviously, they've got some notable uh, departures there too. So, it's going to be a really interesting contest between those two teams. But in saying that, the other three matches are just as good. Uh, and I'm very interested to see, uh, you know, who, who wins, uh, if there'll be any draws, obviously. And uh, we'll obviously uh, unpack it. Uh, together uh, when we do our first round uh, recap show. Certainly will. Uh, let's, uh, that, that's it for us today. So let's sort of go around the room. Last words, any more plugs if you guys want to get them in as well. Stefan, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure having you on the show and uh, hope to have you back on. I know it's a bit of a conflict with your, um, with your uh, Beyond 90 pod, but if we can fit in a day, hopefully we can get you back on. Yeah, love to be back on sometime. Yeah. Thank you. I've really enjoyed the, the discussion and I'm looking forward to seeing the work of all you guys again. Um, and what you do every season is, is amazing and uh, I just, just love it and uh, looking forward to it all. Cheers, Stefan. Thank you so much, Stefan. Greatly appreciated. Jeremy, thanks as always for coming on. Any last words from you? Uh, thanks for having me and and thanks yeah for the hard work that Eminem Podcast is doing for, for Capital Football and Canberra Football in general. Uh, looking forward to a, an exciting season and, and looking forward to seeing everybody uh, around the pitch from uh, from next weekend onwards. Indeed, certainly looking forward to it. And thank you very much, Jeremy. Michael, any last words? No, I mean, I'm still just looking at this fixture list, to be honest. Uh, it's going to be a great round one. Uh, I'm just so excited for the season to uh, kick off. I mean, there's some excellent games. I'm sure we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different things uh, come to the uh, round one uh, recap show. So, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly just eager to sort of get into breaking down all the, all the games, obviously not just the MPL W, but obviously also the MPL and uh, the CPL, which uh, we will do the preview show for in the near future. So we just want people to keep an eye out on that one uh, as well. Indeed. And um, that's it from us today. Obviously, keep an eye on Bar TV Sports. Jeremy mentioned all the MPLW games. There's going to be three MPL games, I believe, as well in the first round. And for a small subscription fee uh, per month, I think Russ said he will announce that soon on the Capital Football page. You can also watch 23s and Reserve Grey Women. So there's plenty of football there. Um, in terms of that, uh, this isn't it for the previews. MPL preview just went up at 7 p.m. tonight, so 7 p.m. yesterday. Uh, I'll probably get this out on Thursday, so uh, 7 p.m. a couple days ago. And like the uh, lads here have kindly, kindly uh, plugged, there's a whole bunch of interviews with preseason interviews with coaches there from CPL, MPL, and MPLW. And CPL preview will be coming next week as well. So plenty uh, more here before we start the season. Matt, can I just hop in there uh, yep. about what you mentioned there about bar? TV uh, was was really good uh, in terms of uh, if you want to watch uh, the 23s uh, 
action, uh, there will be that um, subscription fee. Uh, but I also want to note uh, sort of uh, beyond that uh, for the listeners that uh, that will also give you access to uh, a multitude of different sports that Bar TV covers. So that's not only just a subscription for 23's football, uh, as an example, in this case, you'd you'd be able to access uh, anything on the uh, Bar TV uh, website. So, I mean, it, it, if you're, I mean, we're, we're not the ones here to promote watching other sports, but uh, I guess if you want to go and watch another sport, you can through Bar TV uh, through that subscription. Yeah, you certainly can. It's all about local sports there. So if anything, uh, between football and sport, you've got a whole, whole, whole range there in Canberra and the rest of Australia. So everybody, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, 2023 is here. We'll see you around the grounds.